Authentic leadership is only revealed after the enemy is engaged. It is the battle that reveals the leader's weaknesses and strength. The battle is the only thing that proves their qualifications for leadership. My name is Lane Johnson, and this is Battle Leadership, where we believe that the battle is where the character of the leader is revealed. Today, it's popular to look for leaders that make us feel good about ourselves instead of looking out for leaders that challenge us to be the best version of ourselves. If anyone dares to force us to face our inadequacies and weaknesses, Rather than being willing to be corrected, often we choose to be offended. This growing plague of offense is because our need for affirmation has outgrown our desire for excellence. We've decided to settle for mediocrity, where we feel comfortable, and as a result choose leaders who make promises instead of giving direction. We want to feel approved for what we are instead of being challenged to be great. Battle leaders are not comfortable with this paradigm. Battle leaders are men and women who have forsaken social norms in order to pursue social impact. They're consumed with what can be attained instead of what can be possessed. They recognize that greatness is always born out of sacrifice and effort. They have decided that laying down one's life for something worthy is to be desired above living only for selfish interest. They are consumed with doing good for others instead of being eaten up with what they desire for themselves. With all that in mind, we have begun a journey intent on defining the qualities and causes that make someone qualified for battle leadership. In our last podcast, we defined two important character traits of a battle leader in Why Character Part 1. They were, number one, leaders understand that character is preferred over popularity. You know, popularity can make you visible, but only character makes you last. Popularity may be the result of what people think you are, but character is the result of who you really are. Whether or not we have immediate success is not near as important as whether or not we have lasting results. Number two, we said leaders understand that the pressure of battle creates the capacity for victory. This is simply understood by the fact that growth always occurs under pressure. On the lack of pressure, on the other hand, produces atrophy both in individuals and in nations. When we refuse to face what's pushing against us, we fail to grow stronger in the face of our challenges. And leaders understand that battle pressure is what gives them the greater capacity to win. 
Well, today we want to look at two more characteristics in this section we're entitling part two. And we're going to deal with number three, leaders understand the need for extraordinary effort. What does that mean? What it means is that extraordinary results require often an extraordinary struggle as well as an extraordinary commitment and dedication. We can't stop when the going gets hard because we've been motivated by what we want to accomplish. They understand that it's not an easy road, but it's something that needs to be done and they choose to lead in their behalf. And on number four today, we want to look at leaders choose mission over authority. You know, these are kind of men and women who understand that being able to accomplish the mission is far more important than being the one at the head of the parade or the one that can claim the credits for its success. Well, let's break these down one at a time and see what we can develop here in our time together today. Let's go back here to number three. Leaders understand the need for extraordinary effort. Extraordinary results require extraordinary struggle. You know, every battle that you face on a day-to-day -day basis is preparing you for the battles that you'll face tomorrow. When we finally accomplish or win in the battle we face today, that's not the ending point. That's only a pre pre preparation for what is to follow. You see, the only way to prepare what we will face tomorrow is to conquer what we are already facing today. In any battle organization, the level of leadership responsibility grows as the individual proves his or her ability to handle the responsibility of leading others through difficult circumstances. For instance, in the United States Army, the first level of leadership is a squad, which consists of anywhere from four to ten soldiers who look to a sergeant for leadership. The next is a platoon, which consists of three or four squads, or 16 to 40 soldiers, and that's led by a lieutenant. Following that is a company that is made up of three or four platoons, or about 200 soldiers, which is led by a captain. After that comes a battalion containing three to five platoons or about 900 soldiers, which is led by a lieutenant colonel. But even after that, next is a brigade, which is led by a colonel, which is part of a division led by a major general, which is part of a corps that is led by a lieutenant general, and finally a field army led by a four-star general or command level general. You see, where the squad leader is responsible for four to ten soldiers, the division leader may lead up to 18,000 soldiers. And the command level general might be accountable for almost half a million. Ideally, each promotion and added responsibility has been earned through proven leadership in the prior responsibilities held. The leader proves he's excellent at what he or she has been accountable for, and therefore is qualified to take on greater obligation. At each step along the way, however, if the leader proved less than capable in their responsibilities, they would have disqualified themselves for any additional challenges of expanded leadership. 
taking on more responsibility is always the result of having first accomplished the responsibility that was placed in your hand. Ironically, those that desire the opportunity to lead are rarely the most qualified to do so. Invariably, it's the ones consumed with simply fulfilling the assignments they have been given that rise to greater levels of authority. This is because they have been proven to be passionate about the responsibilities they have already been given. You know, if you're not doing more, you're simply being average. Let's face it, folks, mediocrity never inspired an, enemy, uh, an army. Leading others in the midst of difficult and trying times has always required the ability to inspire others with what could be instead of what has always been. This requires extraordinary effort and leadership. Being average or good enough does not excite anyone else to extend themselves beyond their comfort zone. You see, the level of commitment and effort put forth by whoever is leading establishes the upper limit of what anyone else will put forth. In the unusual event when someone else chooses to push beyond that mediocre limit, they'll be noticed and eventually become the one that others follow. However, this often threatens the current leader who will then discourage or even punish individual initiative in an effort to protect himself. So instead of inspiring success and results, this type of leader kills initiative and feels most comfortable, again, with being mediocre. Beyond that, defeating something bigger than yourself requires drawing from something other than yourself. You see, leadership is not about knowing all the answers. It's about knowing where to go to find the answers. It's a proven axiom of war that no plan survives contact with the enemy. Regardless of the clarity of your vision, somewhere along the way, the wheels are going to fall off. You'll need direction, help, and wisdom from someone who has gone where you're attempting to go. When that happens, true leaders admit their inabilities, and seek others who have what they lack. Let's face it, folks, to limit your personal growth and the growth of those following you in order to maintain your position of authority and image of invincibility is stupidity on the highest level. Battle leaders never stop learning and never stop allowing themselves to be corrected because they realize the lives of those following them are at stake. Well, as our second point today, we also want to make sure we understand that quality leaders, battle leaders, choose mission over authority. In other words, being able to accomplish the mission is more important than being the one leading the charge. You know, I've found in my life that it's always better to accept correction than to fail at what you are trying to achieve. When the mission is more important than your position, the leader becomes willing to sacrifice personally in order to accomplish corporately. 
In other words, if accomplishing the goal is more important than deciding who's to get credit for the success, then nobody is threatened and everyone becomes willing to contribute. When the leader refuses to allow ego to undermine the agenda, then the possibility of a successful result is dramatically increased. Far too often, the agenda of the leader is to be seen as the leader rather than being willing to do what's necessary to accomplish the goal. They are more focused on who will get the credit than they are on who is best suited to lead the charge. Because of this unwillingness to allow others to shine, the objective is often forfeited. A battle leader's job is to identify the strengths and abilities in those that he or she leads and equip them to succeed in what they are assigned to do. The most successful leaders are rarely those that possess the highest level of skill in the tasks that they're trying to accomplish. Instead, they are the ones who know how to successfully equip someone else who does have those abilities. Remember, leadership is never about authority. It is always about responsibility. There's a misunderstanding that promotion is the reward for something that has been done in the past. In other words, I have the corner office as a reward for the new business I brought in, the problem I solved, or the success of the team that I used to lead. But nothing can be farther from the truth. Promotion is not the result of what you've done in the past. Promotion is granted with an expectation of what will be accomplished in the future. The expectation of future performance is called responsibility. It is a weight of duty to produce a desired result. And with that responsibility come tools to aid in accomplishing that desired result, one of which is authority. In other words, the authority is the result of accepting responsibility and with it, either credit or blame for its accomplishment. When a leader delegates a portion of his or her responsibility to someone else, it does not absolve the leader of the responsibility for its success or failure. The authority granted to delegate is permitted for the purpose of expanding the leader's effectiveness, not for the purpose of limiting his or her responsibility. Leading is about accomplishing something of value, not about being seen as the one that is in charge. We can't inspire other people by making sure that we maintain our image. We inspire people by helping them succeed in what they've been called to do. When a leader attempts to avoid responsibility, they effectively limit their authority. Conversely, when a leader embraces responsibility, they eventually expand their authority. The truth is that authority rises and falls in direct relationship to a willingness to be held accountable for, another, for results. In other words, a willingness to be held responsible. 
Battle leadership is desperately needed and rarely seen. However, for those willing to pay the price to become a battle leader, the rewards will be measured in the lives of those that have been impacted. If you've enjoyed this time with us today, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for Battle Leadership Podcast. I look forward to seeing you in our next installment of Battle Leadership.